would like to thank the Lord for another opportunity to come before that throne of grace on this Sabbath morning, June the 27th, 2020. Father in heaven, we are grateful for another opportunity to come before that throne of grace. We want to thank you, Lord, for bringing us safely through another week and allowing us to have the breath of life, to have another day that we can glorify your name. And we want to thank you so much for preserving our lives and keeping us safely through another week. Father, we ask that you would forgive us for our sins, our transgressions, and our iniquities, and that you would cleanse our hearts today from all unrighteousness. Please be with all those that would hear the message and that would hear that they would hear your still small voice. Please speak to us from your holy word, from your scriptures, and also, Lord, speak through us through counsel. May our minds be open, be receptive to your word, your truth. May the Holy Spirit be poured out upon us. May our hearts be open and receptive, Lord. May our mind and thoughts be drawn closer to thee. May you open our ears to hear your still small voice. And Lord, may you open our understanding. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And Lord, also allow us to see ourselves in the midst of the great controversy between Christ who has risen, who is interceding on our behalf in the heavenly sanctuary, who has overcome all temptation, all sin, and who is awaiting our call, our cry, as we are living in a sin-sick world. Please speak to our hearts and our minds. Allow us to see our true condition, for you have said in your word that our condition is that we are wretched, that we're blind, and that we're naked. So now, Lord, because of our condition, we fall upon the rock Christ Jesus and ask that you would deliver us from all temptation, from all sin, and that you would give us victory over our different addictions that we have in our lives, O oh Lord. Please free us from these addictions and cleanse us and renew us, Lord, and give us victory this day is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we'd like to welcome those who would be hearing the message and um, as we consider we're living in a time which the Bible would say is uh, the end of time, the last days. And what we need today is to know our needs, but also how we can find freedom from our habits that hurt us. And as we consider that, Finding freedom from habits that hurt. 
as we look upon this question, we want to look at the human experience. And we're going to look at it to understand uh, how we can be freed from our habits. We might ask, might want to say, you know, as we think about this, we'll think about the butterfly for just a moment. You might say, why the butterflies? Well, the butterfly is, a, is the national symbol of freedom from addictions because of the radical change it, changes it experiences in its growth. Those changes teach three important lessons. Lesson number one, the butterfly's transformation or metamorphosis is complete. Metamorphosis is defined as a complete or marked change in appearance, form, or character. Butterflies go through a complete metamorphosis. Caterpillars and butterflies are as different as day and night, both in appearance and behavior. A metamorphosis must also take place in the life of a person struggling with addictions. The old life of addiction and the new life of living free are just as dramatically different. Number two, the old has to die in order for the new to take root. Because the challenges faced by a caterpillar and an adult butterfly are totally different, there is a total restructuring of the caterpillar in order to equip the butterfly for its new life. That change involves a dramatic reorganization of the entire organism. Breaking free from addictions requires a restructuring of the thoughts, choices, actions, and associations. Number three important lesson is transformation leads to a change in lifestyle. The caterpillar's transformed nervous system imitates processes that lead to the emergence of a robust adult butterfly from the cocoon that lives that lives that lives life in a totally different way. The principles outlined in Living Free will help you experience a new resiliency in mental, physical, and spiritual health. And that will help you form new habits, thoughts, and new actions. So, the transformed you will soar to new heights of living free. Changing our, the bad, our bad habits. Changing bad habits for good 
Is it possible to change bad habits, even addictions? How do bad habits develop in the first place? It all happens in the brain. And what amazing discoveries are emerging about the most amazing organ of the human body, the brain? Living free is all about developing a healthy mind, healthy body, and healthy spirit. Living free is is about how the mind and body operate. Living free is about developing good habits and keeping them. Human knowledge in the area of scientific discovery has advanced with great strides over the past 100 to 150 years. The decade of the 1990s witnessed a quantum leap forward toward understanding what has been called the final frontier, the brain. Amazing things have been revealed about the brain and its functioning at all levels, including molecular biology, especially pertaining to genetics and cell chemistry. This decade of the brain has caused us to make a paradigm shift toward accepting the fact that the brain is plastic, that it is the brain that is the brain is highly flexible and can change and adapt to its environment well into old age. Increased knowledge has affected every aspect of civilization, especially the numerous ways we can now communicate, also called information systems. Information technology has revolutionized our social environment and it is no coincidence that the explosion of knowledge about computers has paralleled the quest to understand the greatest computer ever engineered, the human brain. It is the biological instrument of human existence. Other tissues may be transplanted or exchanged, but it is the nervous system that forms the basis of our thinking. It determines who and what the person is. Without it, there is no personality and no perception. The brain is the only structure in the body that produces an abstract product with no physical dimensions, the mind. The brain is physical, but the mind is not. The mind cannot be measured by height, weight, or texture as has never been seen. It exists in the spiritual realm in a limited sense like the God who made it, intangible but nonetheless very real. The mind is unique in that it is a product of brain of brain function and so it is subject to the laws of cause and effect. A well-functioning brain results in a well-functioning mind. In addition, directed and willed mental activity results in changes that are embossed on our material selves in the brain. It is God's plan for each individual 
to function at their best mentally and physically and spiritually. Again, it is God's plan for each individual to function at their best mentally and spiritually. The Bible refers to the harmonious blend of mind and spirit as the heart, the whole personality. Physically speaking, the brain is an amazing is an amazing structure weighing about three pounds. Although it occupies less than two percent of the body's weight of a 150-pound person, it receives about 15% of the heart's output of blood to the body. A disproportionate share relative to its weight in order to supply its needy, sophisticated electrical generators and neuror and neuror transmitter systems. The brain's influence is all pervasive from within the skull which houses it to the tips of the toes receiving and sending messages throughout all of our nerve pathways. In this manner, it com- its communication network is in contact with the entire body and commanding the body in achieving its ultimate quest to enjoy vibrant health and freedom. Unfortunately, disease, poor choices, and trauma can undermine this biological computer just as a computer virus can disrupt a man-made computer. An impaired brain often results in an impaired mind. Again, an impaired, impaired brain often results in an impaired mind. What can be more important to a person than the proper functioning of the mind and the brain that produces it? There is a mutual relationship between the body, mind, and brain that forms the the foundation of total health. As we continue, physical and mental health implies a balance of forces in the body so that distress, dis-ease, and premature death are minimized and delayed as much as our individual genes will allow. Destructive habits undermine physical mental and spiritual health. Again, this is very important. I'd like to stress this particular point. Destructive habits undermine physical, mental, and spiritual health. Habits. We all have them. When they are good ones, they help us. When they are bad ones, they hurt. Positive habits help a person perform multiple tasks 
with minimal mental effort, repeat safe and effective behaviors, and build consistency and security in his or her life. Understanding how the brain works helps us to understand why habits are so important and so critical for normal life. The brain is constantly mapping, categorizing, and condensing information, building associations and memories, and learning new ways to increase the efficiency with which people perceive and respond to the world. Some of those functions occur automatically and become habits. But when habits become addictions or compulsions, they suddenly put on another face, emerging as demanding tyrants, overriding and crushing the best of intentions and destroying hope in those who are victims of their vice-like grip. Are certain people more prone to becoming addicted? Can lifestyle choices put someone at greater risk? How